Hi, welcome to a bonus episode of Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to McKenna Swayze, the founder of Web3 fashion and marketing blog, Meta X Moda. Now we're talking about marketing in the metaverse. Thanks for downloading this bonus episode. It's all about the metaverse, because the metaverse is here. Well, maybe not quite here just yet, but it's almost here. And marketers are going to have to understand what it is and how to market in there, especially when our audience starts kind of moving into virtual worlds. So in this episode, I'm talking to McKenna Swayze, the founder of Web3 fashion and marketing blog, Meta X Moda. Now, McKenna advises marketers and brand builders on strategy around Web3, digital fashion, the metaverse, NFTs and all of that. So what we're going to be doing is talking about what the metaverse is, how folks are kind of using it right now, and what our brand could look like in a virtual world where there's zero design constraints. Now, you can find McKenna at metaxmoda.com, also on Substack and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter. All the links are in the show notes. Can I quickly mention that Not Another Marketing Podcast is totally ad-free? Love it if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media and subscribe on your favourite podcast app. You can find more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Can I also quickly invite you to my new Facebook marketing group as well? There's news, tips, networking. It's called Not Another Facebook Marketing Group. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. I'd love to see you there. Right, so let's get on with it. The first thing I asked McKenna was to kind of explain what the metaverse is. There's really two ways to answer this in my book. I mean, there's probably a thousand. And yeah. there's the the foundational ethos, the one that you get inspired by if you read Ready Player One. And then there's what matters now and particularly what matters to marketers. And so the difference in those... and. And the sort of starting point, I would say, is that it's an immersive, persistent environment, Mm -hmm. um, meaning that it's perpetual and continuous, and it goes on when you're not there. It's reactive to the people inhabiting it. It's seamlessly woven into everyday activities. And it's social, whether that's gaming or meeting people or going to a concert or whatever. Um, And that's that's the part that's important, I think, for marketers now. uh, uh, And... The rest of it is, you know, if it's user-defined, owned by its users, interoperable, meaning you can take assets from one game to another or one land to another, and that there's limit, no limit, um, and decentralized distributed ownership. But if you're thinking about reaching consumers where they are right now, um, it doesn't really matter if it's decentralized or not, if if, if you're just thinking about it as a channel. And there's so much evolution in, in each of these aspects. So... I like to focus on the, the, the sort of the beginning part um, and we'll leave the rest to evolve. Yeah, because it's not really a new thing, is it? Because, I mean, I remember fussing around in Second Life mm-hmm, many, many, mm-hmm. many, many years ago. And it, I mean, it wasn't very, very cool, to be honest. But, yeah, well, I suppose it was back in the day. Yeah, you'd walk your little person around and you'd, you'd, you'd type messages to people and that. It, it's not a new idea, really, but, but this is we're kind of taking it to another level, aren't we? Exactly. And, you know, Second Life still has 600,000 monthly active users. It's not really? gone. <laughs> really? Yes, I know. Um, and and people absolutely enjoy that environment and build yeah. and create. And and I think the idea that, that some of these lands or worlds will be user-owned or decentralized, 
will only accelerate that, right? Because if you build something in Second Life, which people mm. have, yeah. um, they don't own that in the same way that if you build in, say, the sandbox, you will own it. Sure. Um, and that so that will increase people's adoption, um, I think. And so it's it's foundational, right? Second Life is yeah. the foundation for this. Yeah. Do you remember something called Twinity? Twinity. No. It was a European thing. And I, I looked it up before I was chatting with you, and it, it's, it doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. But they made replicas of uh, cities like Berlin and Paris and London mm, and that. Mm-hmm. Exact rep- rep- replicas digitally. And you could go in and you could like buy a little apartment and live a little life, and there were all sorts of events and, and stuff happening. Um, yeah, it was very cool, to be honest with you. I quite enjoyed that. It's a shame it disappeared. But that, that is the metaverse as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, particularly by my definition, which, you know, if that's where people are spending their time, yeah. you know, that's where you have to go, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can think anything you want about TikTok, but that's where Gen Z is. Sure. So if you're trying to reach yeah. them, that's where yeah. you're going. Yeah. So, so if we look at this from like a marketing perspective, uh, is it worth spending time and budget now or waiting a while? Because I'm thinking folks have still got to get, th- you know, the big 3D glasses and the VR kit on to get into the metaverse. <laughs> and I've, I genuinely, I don't know anybody who's got one of those. <laughs> so, I, so I live in Silicon Valley and I know a oh, lot everyone's of people got one. who work. So no, no, absolutely not. But I do know some people who have them. And and I don't think that's the prerequisite for jumping in. Sure. Um, I think budget is probably the prerequisite and, and how much you're willing yeah. to spend on experimentation. You know, uh, the metrics are probably not there yet in a lot of senses, certainly the ones that we use for, you know, regular media acquisition or social media. Um, and I think the audiences in a lot of these worlds, now it depends. In a gaming sense, if you're talking about uh, setting something up on Roblox or Fortnite, they obviously have massive audiences. And sure. if that matches with the audience you're looking for, then, yeah, there's definitely an opportunity and they're far more advanced in, in what they're doing with brands. Um, if we're talking about sort of the more socialization spaces, they're not uh, they don't have the same monthly active user numbers. So you're still bringing your users, whether that's from your Twitter or your email, um, wherever it is that you're driving these users to your plot of land or your activation. Um, So it depends. I mean, for each brand, it's different. I think it can be really amazing. Um, But uh, either you have to have a very strong community already and think that they would really appreciate doing something in sort of an immersive 3D sense, or you have a large budget, you're willing to test, um, and you can work with one of these bigger bigger platforms that already has a built-in audience. Yeah. Would it be right in saying that the metaverse is is quite quite good for particular niches right now it's not really mainstream as such you know it's an interesting question because one of the big things that is blowing up at least and this is probably the bias of my own newsfeed, hmm. but the fashion and beauty industry has obviously jumped in sure. like, you know a house on fire yeah. and that's a very mainstream industry and appeals yeah. to a lot of different consumers um and, and you definitely have that in different factions and certainly sneakerheads have gone deep into the metaverse. And, and then obviously, and then gaming, gaming is pervasive. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, no, I don't think it's niche. I think it obviously skews younger. Yeah. Um, definitely skews younger. Uh, but I think there's room to play for a lot of different brands. Yeah. Uh, are we talking about sort of relationship marketing here, community building? Is this what we're really trying to do? I think in a lot of senses, you know, again, every answer I'm going to give you is yes and no. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think there are amazing things you can do in the metaverse that are about multiple people from different places connecting in one moment, whether that is your store or it's a concert or it's just an event you put on. Uh, and that would be community and relationship building. And, and certainly the idea when things are decentralized and user owned, that has a massive community aspect and really needs to be managed mm. like a, like a, you know, a, a living, breathing community. If we're saying, I'm just going to create a really amazing 3D owned and operated store. I'm going to host it on my own website. That is a metaverse. It's a type of metaverse. It's certainly built off the same technology um, and from the consumer's like feeling about it. It's probably yeah. pretty similar. No, that's not community. That's really, that's the same as yeah. any store. Um, so different ways to approach it, I think. Yeah. Do you think we need to, or marketers are going to have to change their mindset a little bit and, and look at something like the metaverse as not as much as like an extension of their social feed where they've got all their fans and all their ambassadors and all the folks who love, love them all join their little own feed, right? And, and we need to actually get into the mindset of thinking of this as almost like a real world, but not. Exactly. I, I think the metaverse will eventually be like stores and you'll have to think of it each individual world the way you think of different stores and they'll have mm. their own P&Ls uh, and their own different demographics that you're targeting. Um, it, that will be, you know, I think obviously retailers have been doing that for whatever, 100, 200 years. Yeah. Um, and this is the evolution of that. The metrics will change. Uh, the costs will change. You know, the yeah. margins are higher, obviously, particularly once you can duplicate um, one store in another place without any additional construction costs or limited construction costs. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And then I think, you know, the other thing I've talked a lot about, uh, as I talk to people about this all the time, is NFTs and hmm. how NFTs will be sort of an extension of your CRM. They're a way to connect with consumers. Um, and it's sort of like the a permissioned connection, you know, the consumer has downloaded or purchased um, a, a token that's sitting in their wallet and now you have access to them and you can either add that to the idea you have of them which is you know based on their email address yeah. or whatever you're using um, or you can be a unique pseudonymous identity that you're using for all of your sort of virtual first clientele um, but you can speak to them you can invite them you can offer them things uh, and it's a it's a new channel uh, and it's evolving um, and you know it'll be email twitter and then nfts yeah it, 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 you mentioned earlier about the fact of like when we own things in in the metaverse, they are actually ours. We're not just like giving Facebook or somebody else a bunch of money to to have something and they could just shut it down whenever they want. It's ours, mm -hmm. isn't it? Is this where the the NFT thing thing comes into it? Yes, and tokens in general. You know, mm. people buying a token, uh, a mana token for Decentraland. Now they own it and they're invested in what happens. Um, and I believe. You know, you own a number of tokens and you actually sort of have voting rights in, in what happens and, and owning land and stuff. Um, so absolutely. Uh, and I think what will be really interesting to see, and I haven't really heard much discussion of this, is that for those sort of desktop oriented socialization sites, who will own the user data? Yeah. Because all good marketers yeah. are both excited and petrified of PII and um you know, what happens when that information is decentralized? I, d I don't know. Uh, I would love, I'd love to know because obviously every marketer will want to know who's visiting, uh, what can I find out about them? What have they given the permission to find out of them? Where do we draw the line at privacy? Uh, you know, there's so many unanswered questions about that. 
Yeah, because laws cover the real world, don't they? Yes. Mm. Yes, they do. GDPR doesn't really, I don't think, cover <laughs> the whether or not your pseudonymous wallet identity um, yeah. is PII or not. Oh, this is going to, this is going to, like, legislation for decades is going to... I do yeah. believe so. Yeah, this is, yeah, it, and there's going to be a lot of politicians, a lot of people completely, totally confused by all of it. Um, Absolutely. I, I, I reckon, I mean, do you think face, Facebook are obviously the, the big players in this, putting a lot of money into this? Um, do you think they're doing it because they just want to own everything? They want to own the data, they want to own the lot? So, controversially, I would argue that... Uh, um, Instagram kind of, and Facebook, uh, already is a metaverse. Some of the things that I mm. said, you know, persistent, seamlessly yeah. woven in, reactive. Uh, you go with your pseudonymous identity and you put yourself out there and interact with your peers, friends, enemies, whomever. Any, so that's already happening, right? Yeah. Um, and people are wearing virtual fashion on Instagram. Yeah. So this yeah. is, I, I think, you know, this isn't a revolution in many ways. It's an evolution. And... If I were at Meta, I would see it that way too. You know, the internet is getting more immersive. Hardware power is increasing all the time based on Moore's law. Um, and we should be able to do neater, more interesting, more engaging things for our consumers so that we can sell them more ads. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do, do you think this is what the metaverse is going to end up? I see this dystopian Blade Runner-like skyline with neon <laughs> advertising everywhere like there's an advert everywhere 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 yeah probably i yeah. i think so but you know that's a little bit what new york or london i mean yeah. not as much london but certainly new york looks like that i think now um yeah. and it's just a part of of the way we perceive the world um and billboards i mean wow yeah i was talking with a friend in ad tech the other day and he was like yeah but like a billboard in the, in the metaverse is still an interstitial ad and that made me laugh yes. um, yeah. because actually interstitial ads are horrible and they get yeah. right up in your face. But a billboard yeah. is much less unpleasant. Um, you know, you really sort of expect that. You can look at it. You cannot look at it. It's like an ad in a magazine. Um, it does, it's not as um, it doesn't stop you in quite the same way. Sure. Yeah. So, so do you think right now at the moment, the metaverse, is it really just for young folk, for Gen Z? Is it just for the big brands, do you think? I think it is better if Gen Z is your audience uh, yeah. and maybe to young millennials. I think you c absolutely could do it because, again, I mentioned, you know, if you have uh, a really uh, engaged CRM and you know that you can drive consumers kind of anywhere mm. you want, fantastic. And you could definitely drive them to a 3D uh, place. Oh, there are technological hurdles. Um, and at some point, you know, if your consumers are not as tech savvy, and you run into, okay, now you have to go in and change the settings on your graphics card to run yeah. Decentraland, you're going to lose a ton of people. Yeah. Um, obviously, many, many people far brighter than I are working on that technological seamlessness every day. Uh, so I don't anticipate that will be true forever. But yes, I think now this is definitely a young, a young consumer's spot. Yeah. Do you get seasick when, you, when you're in there? With the, with the goggles and everything. I do, yes. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I kind of like realised I was getting old. It was when I, <laughs> one, one day I, I booted up the PlayStation and I started playing, I don't know, Call of Duty or something like that. And I felt a little seasick and I thought, oh man, I'm getting old. Although I think uh, my understanding is that seasickness is, maybe there is an age component, but some people just get seasick when they're, yeah. <clears throat> you know, their body and their eyes are, are just 
separated. Um, so that's not for me, but I don't think that's a necessary for this evolution and this, per, yeah. you know, this deepening of what we consider the web now. So it's cool. It would be really cool. Um, but that's also, I think, allows for it to be more dystopian. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, our eyes will probably change over decades and get used to it, which is really scary, isn't it? Mm -hmm, like like mm -hmm. our thumbs apparently will, will change, won't they? The position of our thumbs because of all the time oh, we spend on our on phone, phone. phone and all this. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you see kind of like work and play moving into this virtual world? Do you see work moving into this virtual world? Yes. And I think both Meta and Microsoft have, you know, made a mm. lot of comments in this space and, and definitely it's in their best interest. I think, you know, I also, you know, think a lot about hybrid work um, and, and how to incorporate this. And if we could use facial expressions better um, yeah. on your avatar, that would probably be better than Zoom. Yeah. Um, you know, when we get to that place, uh, spatial discussions, you know, where you are either gesturing with your hands or you're moving objects, you know, that helps people communicate. We don't only communicate with our words. We communicate with so many things that are both about us and about the, you know, the things in the room with us. So, um, you know, imagine picking up two balls, a basketball and a golf ball when you're explaining the size of the planets relative <laughs> yes. to each other. Yeah. Um, that's harder to do in Zoom, but it's definitely possible in the metaverse. So um, I think absolutely this will come for a business use case. I think the exact same questions apply. Will we be wearing headsets? Um, <clears throat> you know, who's going to jump in first? And are computers ready for this? Is the hardware ready, which I think yeah. is, is a stumbling block at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it could be. When we talk to people in the metaverse, because I'm going back to thinking, thinking sort of like Second Life, where you type a message and a <laughs> bubble would appear of what you're saying. Is this how it kind of works in the metaverse? Or when we speak, do we speak? Uh, both. Both work that way. Right. Um, you know, I think, and it is funny to go into Roblox, which has like a very young skewing audience, like very young, 67% under 16, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kids typing and they're, it's not inappropriate, but, you know, they're talking trash and they're yeah, like yeah. teasing each other. It's it's cute to, to see that. So that's one way. And I think uh, that can be very comfortable for people. Um, but you see it in gaming also all the time, this rise of, you know, playing in a connected way with your headset on and talking to your friends while you play. So I think that is more natural and will probably, as this becomes more commonplace, it will be voice. Uh, but I think it's a lot of text for now. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can imagine it. I can imagine it is. I just have this, this, uh, this theory that people don't want their voice there. They don't want it's. There's the anonymity side of it, isn't there? Absolutely. You know, I was talking once with someone who worked in product at Tinder, and I said, yeah. "Why don't you have voice on there? Because it seems like you could really, you know, a lot." You're not going to marry someone that you hate their voice. I mean, that's going to be really hard to get over. <laughs> yeah. um, and he said, it's just too creepy. People don't like it. We've tried it. Yeah. I think they eventually did. This is years and years ago. And I think they might have tried it again. But um, it was it was a funny conversation uh, because, yeah, people don't like it. Yeah. Um, the metaverse is going to spawn a whole bunch of different little industries, isn't it, I think? Mm -hmm. And I think one of them, which, which you're quite connected to, is like the, the fashion industry. The fashion fashion industry is going to go big time because you've got to look good when you're in the metaverse, haven't you? You've got to look good. Yes, you do. Yeah. And 
you know, I was actually giving a training on the metaverse yesterday, and we really got deep into what is the point of a Gucci handbag in the metaverse. <laughs> and people get very heated on this debate. And for yeah. me, I actually, I don't find this to be problematic at all. If you're talking about the point of a bag, it's to carry things. So I can just take that, you know, CVS or Boots bag and carry my things. There's, yeah. you know, absolutely no difference. The point of a Gucci bag is to tell people you have a Gucci bag. Um, yes. and, and that doesn't change for me. I don't see that to be a change at all in the metaverse. Um, and I know examples of, of NFT-based projects that are uh, holding a an actual physical object, like let's say a playing card or a sneaker. And there are people, you know, definitely young consumers who are saying, actually, don't ship me the physical item. Hmm. I'm going to trade this eventually. It's cool enough for me to just have the JPEG in my NFT wallet. That's yeah. what I'm showing my friends. That's ownership for me. You keep the the item in the bonded warehouse and, you know, that's not important to me. And maybe that's being young and not having your own home or not having a great way to display it yet. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know, fashion is about showing off who you are. Um, yes. it, it, this is not the Middle Ages. It's not about warmth and comfort. No, 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 not at all. I mean, can you put things in your Gucci bag in the metaverse? Yes, yes, you can. I believe in some gaming instances, you kind of need a bag. Um, and and all of those things will evolve and definitely, you know, we'll be able to pull your lipstick out. Yeah. Um, or your, or your, I guess you will not need a cell phone in the metaverse, but maybe no. we'll have them just because it'll be a funny throwback to the olden days. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, does a Gucci bag cost as much as a Gucci bag costs in real life? So Gucci did a partnership with Roblox. And they sold them for some quite low number. And I forget the conversion with Robux, mm. but let, let's just say five dollars U.S. Right. dollars. And they then resold on the secondary market for four thousand U.S. dollars. Oh, so pretty. basically, more right. than what you're paying. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a thing. And I'm sure you saw the lawsuit that Hermes is going through right now with the mm. artist um, Maison Rothschild. And this idea yeah. of the meta Birkin, um, where he created art. And, you know, when is it Andy Warhol's soup can? And, and when is it taking their IP and selling it, uh, you know, in a way that confuses consumers? And without that utility, it's a very complicated question. You know, what is the difference between those two items? Yeah, yeah. I think if, if I was a college right now, I would be studying law in the metaverse. I would Me be, too. Because yeah, the legislation going to be needed is incredible. And the smart contracts that you write into NFTs and thinking mm. about down the line, what changes will happen in IP ownership, who's affected by that royalty. You know, so many things go on when an NFT trades hands. Um, again, and they're all part of the smart contract. You know, I, I totally agree. I think the law is the most interesting part yeah. of this and way above my pay grade. Yeah. Uh, so, so from a marketer's point of view, if we're representing our company, our business, our organization in the metaverse, we're going to have to look good as well. I've got this horrible nightmare of lots of uniforms, sorts <laughs> of awful looking dystopian uniforms. I, that could happen. And that I, it's a question I've pondered and, and written a lot about is what is creativity if you have l basically no limits? You know, the, yeah. the rules of physics are gone. And a lot of the digital fashion you see coming from digital first designers is extremely futuristic. Right. And I've talked to some of them and they've said, it's actually, that's just the trend. There's no reason for that, but kind of everyone 
does it. And, you know, for me, it reminds me of the the book and the movie, The Hunger Games. Yeah. Like, oh, so this is where we're going. Um, will that change? Um, will traditional fashion trends merge? I don't know. But as a brand, you're right. You have 100% creativity, creative control uh, in ways that can be great. Or as you said, like a uniform and it gets a little creepy. Um, can you dictate what your avatars yeah. in the store look like, like of yeah. your employees who are working there? Yeah. Um, I think there will be a lot of interesting questions about where creative control is both limited by others and then just limited by our imaginations. Yeah, I'm thinking HR sort of like sending memos around saying you've got to wear this in the metaverse. Don't turn <laughs> up in your heels or something. No dragons in the store. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, it could get it could become just a chaos, couldn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we didn't really touch about this on work, but someone is going to have to work in those metaverse stores. You're going to expect a human being to tell you things about the clothes or what's the shipping time. And maybe it'll be a bot, but maybe it'll be a person. Um, And that that's a whole new, you know, it's different hiring. It's different. What kind of avatars? So many questions. But um, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. And and Facebook are going to make a killing out of this. They're already, I think it was today, yesterday or something, announced um, commission fees of 40-odd percent, 47% or something. Yes, yes. And, you know, there's rumors that they're going to go Twitter's direction, which is putting the verified PFPs, mm-hmm. um, profile pics. Uh, I have, I, I, I agree. I think there's like a lot of room for them to succeed. Um, I think you know, in the like true OG Web3 community, I think there's some dismissiveness of Meta's efforts because certainly it is not in the ethos of decentralized and user-owned. Um, but they have a lot of money and they have a lot of ability to make things happen. Mm. So I think that really remains to be seen. Um, and again, you know, the creator economy was built to not give someone 47% sure. uh, of your revenue. And, and in fact, that sort of, it defeats the purpose and it, it makes it impossible to, to run yeah. the business the same way. So, yeah, I mean, we'll it's, it, it's not so bad if you're selling a $4,000 Gucci bag, right? But, no. it, but but the whole concept of the metaverse and, and I think of, of phone apps as well is very much of a throwaway culture. I'm going to grab that app. I'm going to see what it's like when I use it. It only costs mm-hmm. $2. Mm-hmm. It costs $5 or something like that. And then when you're talking about somebody trying to have a business based on a product that costs £5, $5, and then you've got somebody else wanting to take 45, 50% mm-hmm. of your mm-hmm. entire revenue, it's almost not worth it, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really massive, massive thing you're giving up. And But I would argue I think that's probably true of Gucci as well. You know, they have, mm-hmm. the bigger you get, the bigger your marketing budget is, the more you're paying HR. You know, they can't afford to give up everything either, despite the margins. Um, so it, it's tough to give up that. Um, we'll see. We yeah. shall see. We shall see, yeah. It's um, fascinating. I could chat for ages and ages about this. I could, I'd love to go into all the psychology of this. I have this, I have this image of us all sitting in sort of like cryo tanks. <laughs> with being fed through tubes and just waking, waking up in the morning and just entering the metaverse and living and playing there and then going back to sleep again in our tube. Exactly. Warm, <laughs> cozy, only fact. That, yes. <laughs> It's terrible. I mean, I'm sure you've read Ready Player One or watched yeah, the movie, yeah, and it's, yeah. there's parts of it that seem great, and then parts where you're like, "Woo!" Yeah, I yeah. hope not. We'll see what happens. McKenna, thanks ever so much for your time. Uh, where can we find you? Where's your your website, social media? Yes, 
Meta X Moda. So Meta like Meta X and then Moda like fashion. So on Instagram.com, Substack. Um, yeah, I'm always, Everywhere. always talking about these things. Fantastic. I'll put some links in the show notes. Um, Fantastic. Th- thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Great. It was so nice to be here. Thanks again to McKenna for her time. Don't forget to check the links in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favourite podcast player. Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.